0: Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, We guide their whole bodies. Or look at ships. Though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also, the tongue is a small member, and yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze! by a small fire. And the tongue, it's a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of bird and beast, of reptile, of sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species but no one can tame the tongue a restless evil full of deadly poison with it we bless the Lord and Father and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God from the same mouth come blessing and cursing my brothers and sisters this ought not be so Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh water and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or a grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, use your servant's lips, your people's ears. And hearts that as they are joined together today, the seed of your word might be planted and brought forth with a resurrection joy. Amen and amen. We're continuing on with this kind of blueprint for practical Christian living from the book of James. And today, the title is something that your mom or your dad might have told you when you were a child Watch your mouth! You better watch your mouth. Although I'll tell you that whatever your mom or dad meant by that, the scriptures mean something so much broader and something so much deeper and something so much more serious than mom or dad could have ever imagined. When the Bible says watch your mouth, it's encouraging us to be a people whose whose very expression of ourselves is filled with godliness. This chapter is a warning. It's a warning particularly for those who want to mature in the Christian faith. It's a warning particularly for those who seek out some kind of authority, for those who want to be teachers or leaders. Not many of you... James says should become teachers my brothers and sisters for you know that we who teach will be judged with a greater strictness because we're always blabbing on those of us who teach we're always saying things and let me tell you, after, after all of the time that I have spent as a pastor, words have such immense power that sometimes 70 years after the fact, a man or a woman can tell you exactly what their father said in a particular place at a particular time. They may not be able to remember the date, but the phrase and the setting is etched, etched in their minds. A teacher, a coach, somebody who is loved and respected. Those whose words matter. Now, who is it whose words matter? Well, uh, the the term that is used here for teachers is, is used in many different ways. It's primarily used in James as a teacher in the local congregation, but it also refers to those who are overseeing the young. It refers to Christians who are working with others. In one place, Paul says, I wish that all of you would become teachers. It's the title that Jesus has. Jesus is known as teacher, the title of respect as he oversees the Christian movement as it's beginning to to come into fruition. Teacher is also used of those who have... A particular awareness of the intricacies of the biblical text. Masters of text, masters of theology, masters of, of those who, who study. And there used to be a pen test that some rabbis would take, whereas they would study. They would study for so long that the book would be closed, and someone would take a pen and place the pen down through. The cover and down into the book. And the rabbis knew the scripture so well that they could tell through which word on every page that pen had pierced. It's used of an official in the local churches. Sunday school teacher, youth leader, children's leader. In a general sense, those who are teachers... Are those who have some kind of authority in the church to pass along faith to others. Someone who has a kind of authority in church to pass along faith to others. Be careful, those of you who want some kind of authority to pass along faith to others, because you've got a tongue and your speech. Your speech is important. Now, I'm going to use a lot of Scripture this morning because I want to show you that this doesn't just come from James, this concern with what we say and how we speak. This is not just a concern of James. It's found in the law. It's found in the prophets. It's found in the Psalms and Proverbs. It's found in the Gospels. It's found in the Epistles. What we say matters. Speech matters you could probably come up with something right now that you remember with a particular clarity that someone in a position of authority over you said one time. Sometimes we remember the good things, the blessings that we receive. At other times, we remember those things that hurt us more than anything possible. And The thing is, those who sometimes thrust in the knife and twist it a little, don't even remember what they've done. But the men and women to whom they've done it will be able to tell 30 or 40 or 50 years ago right down to the word used, right down to the setting in which it was used, what happened. Speech matters small things like the tongue have this enormous power just like the bridle has the power to move a horse now you sit there and you put your shoulder against the horse and push and you're, you're not going to have a great deal of success always in moving the horse where you want the horse to be but this bridle this, this piece that goes into the mouth is amazingly potent a rudder drives a ship it's a small piece but the ship can't change direction apart from it. A a small fire, even a spark, can set a forest ablaze. This is not a story for today, but I did start a forest fire when I was a teenager, and it didn't start with a small flame. It started with a spark. I looked down, and I saw an orange spark, and I thought, "Oh, that'll go out, and I turned around, and before long, there were Forestry Service airplanes and... uh, Fire trucks and all of that. A small spark can set forest ablaze. So James says, The tongue is a small member, and yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set Ablaze by a small flame and the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature and is itself set on fire by hell. If we need a reminder that what we say matters, James gives it to us. If we need a reminder that our speech is a part of our Christian living, James reminds us of it. Now, uh, we're going to look here at at a non-exhaustive list. You could go even further, but I would maintain that these are the kinds of speech that more often than not the Bible addresses, and the Bible addresses them in far more detail than I will this morning, but uh, I want us to pay attention to the kinds of speech that are problematic, and the first of those is speech made in anger. In the last 10 years... I can think of five times that I have absolutely spoken as a result of nothing but anger. And in the last ten years, of those five times that, that I have spoken in anger, I can't think of a one of those that I am proud of. Your anger, James says, two chapters below, does not produce God's righteousness. Now, if you you go back and mend relationships, God can redeem even that, but your anger does not produce God's righteousness. In Ephesians, we say, put away all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice. I want you to pay attention to this next passage from Galatians because it, it includes this vice list. Vice lists are included not only in the New Testament, but in in Greco-Roman literature uh, of the time. You you make lists of things that are to be avoided. And, And pay attention to all of these things which are placed in this same list here along with anger. The works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, Quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I'm warning you, as I warned those before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. A lot of us look down on some of those, but inside we're as angry as we can be. And sometimes that anger makes its way from the inward person to the outward person. And sometimes, sometimes that angry speech becomes a moment we'll regret for a day or two or worst case scenario the rest of our lives. Speaking ill of others, I used to have this leader in one of the churches I was at. i don't know why I was so prominent on his phone But he would often accidentally call me When he was talking about me Now that would have, that, That's bad enough as it is But he wasn't saying good things about me at all In fact he was saying with a good deal of, of gusto uh, Just to, Yeah I didn't have to wonder It got to the point Where I'm like I don't, don't want to hear this <laughs> And so uh, he would call I would answer I would recognize that it was a, a call that was by accident, and I didn't want to hear uh, what he had to say, and I don't know what he was doing with his phone at that time. I've always wondered, what was he doing with his phone, that he accidentally called me? Uh, I don't know. A gossip reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a babbler. Paul talks in 1 Timothy about those who are disappointing him. They learn to be idle, gadding about from house to house, but they're not merely idle. If only they were doing nothing, they are doing something. They are gossips and busybodies saying what they should not say. When we talk, there are a number of tests that we might use that have been offered over the years see whether our speech is worthy of saying or not. One, is it true? Well, it might be true. Number two, is it kind? Well, it might be true. It might be kind. Is it something that needs to be said? And is it something that needs to be said now? There are some things that we ought to say, but we ought not say it when other people are not present. There are some things that may need to be said that may need to be said, not in public, but one person to another. Speaking ill of others is a kind of speech that we need to watch out for, we need to guard against. I love this one, complaining and murmuring. There are some people, the only way they know to connect to other people is to complain. How are you doing? Well, if I had a good day, I'd be happy. But if it weren't for bad days, I wouldn't have any days at all. Some people just relate to others like that. I'll admit to you that I murmured and complained for most of the day on Monday. I was almost intolerable to live with. I was not... Quite prepared. I had sort of prepared myself mentally and emotionally to have other people take care of me, but I didn't realize how hard that was going to be. I didn't realize that I was going to be mean. I didn't realize that, that I was not going to be gracious, that I was going to complain and that I was going to murmur. And folks, it took almost all day. That too is a story for another time. But at 12 minutes until midnight, God shook me. And at 12 minutes until midnight, God changed my attitude. And I went from being intolerable to be uh, somewhat tolerable. And sometimes a little fun to be around. But the Bible tells us to do all things without murmuring and arguing. And this comes from the Old Testament, you know, where, where God is doing the best that he can to move people from slavery to freedom, from being counted as nothing in the eyes of the world to, to being a light to the world. And they began to murmur and complain. And the New Testament talked about that I'll finish this up. Do all things without murmuring and arguing so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you will shine like stars in the world. 1 Corinthians reminds Christians not to complain as some of their Israelite brethren had done who were destroyed by the destroyer. One category of speech that the Bible talks about a lot is speaking in judgment. Now, when I start talking about speaking in judgment, the first thing everybody wants to say is, "Uh uh-huh, that person who disagrees with me needs to hear this. Yeah, you do too. I do too. There was a debate in the early church about whether or not you should eat meat. Now, this wasn't about being a meat-eater or vegetarian. It was about where you had to buy meat. Meat was sacrificed in temples. Temples to pagan gods. And so, in order to to eat meat, very often you had to go into the temple of a pagan god. And some of the early Christians once worshipped in those places. And some of the early Christians said, That's not me anymore. I can't go there anymore. I've learned to worship the one true God and Jesus Christ his son the spirit fills me and I can't go into this place anymore that meant something totally different to me I'm not going to eat meat there were other Christians who said well we know that other gods aren't really gods at all doesn't bother us to go in and eat meat buy meat from the market we'll get some for us we'll get some for you too and those who were not, not willing to go in uh, said we know where it came from Well, we know where it came from too and it's just our God's the real God this, this God is not a God so there was an argument Paul tries to set this argument right when he says those who eat must not despise those who abstain And those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgments on the servants of another, on the servants of God? It's before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and because of grace they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Jesus talks about judging others in the most famous of passages where he says, don't judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. We who judge others so harshly, it can't come as a surprise when we too are judged harshly. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, first take the speck or the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Another kind of speech, cruelty making fun of people, the kind of bullying that we've known for so long. And in all places, see, I want to show you that this goes all throughout the Bible. One of my favorite places to turn, you know it, Leviticus. Leviticus warns us against mocking people. Leviticus says, you shall not revile the deaf. What are you doing? When you're reviling the deaf, you're mocking them and they can't hear you. And laughing about it. <laughs> they can't even hear me. You shall not put a stumbling block in front of the blind, set something up so that somebody will trip and then snicker when they do. Instead, you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. It's picked up in the New Testament. Get rid of all such things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive language from your mouth. We can speak cruelty. But if we're followers of Christ, we must not. Here's one that we don't think about enough, taking God's name in vain. It's one of the Ten Commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the Lord your God's name where the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. And yet, every day, every day we can hear God's name used in a curse. We and those we know say, oh my God, I'm so happy to see you. Using the name of God without invoking it in prayer. Using the name of Christ almost as a curse. Jesus Christ, what happened here? You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. Talking incessantly. All right, you know what I'm talking about here. Picture yourself looking at bananas in Walmart. And you look up, I don't know who it is for you, but you look up and looking at the pork products 15 feet away, there that person is. And you look and you see and this person is not looking at you and you're like, I'm going to be here for the next hour and 25 minutes if we make eye contact. I need something over in pharmacy. And you dart out before, before anybody can have a chance to start this never-ending conversation. When words are many, transgression is not lacking when people babble on and on and on. But the prudent are restrained in speech. Ecclesiastes, never be rash with your mouth nor let your heart be quick to utter a word before God. Be careful what you make promises to God about. For God is in heaven and you upon earth therefore let your words be few and finally a category of speech we don't often think about is is flattery but the biblical writers felt that flattery was destructive to the soul That the person who flatters you is probably not out to make you grow but wants something from you. The person who flatters is not always a truthful person but can in fact be disingenuous. A lying tongue hates its victims and a flattering mouth works ruin. In Psalm 12, the writer prays to be delivered from those who offer meaningless praise they utter lies to each other with flattering lips and a double heart they speak may the Lord cut off all flattering lips the tongue that makes great boasts so let's be real taming the tongue is difficult we talk too much we write emails too quickly we press post on social media when we should just breathe and stop and say nothing. We are not comfortable with quiet, although if we pay attention to some of the monastic orders, some of them, the Trappists, take a vow of silence because they recognize the number of ways you can sin with your mouth. They recognize how, how God can be sought, not with many words, but in silence. Silence. Taming the tongue is difficult. Every species of critter out there, you can train in some way, can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species, but no one can tame the tongue. A restless evil, full of deadly poison. And here's the problem. The problem is that from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. This ought not be so. When years ago, the leader in the church would accidentally call me and would be absolutely just ripping me to, to shreds with his wife or with whoever he happened to be with at the time, the discontinuity between who I knew him as at church And who I saw him as by accident was so stark. From the same mouth came blessing and literal cursing. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow on Sunday. But on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Nothing I could say in church would let you know the language this guy was using. From the same mouth come blessing and curses. This ought not be so. Does a spring pour out salt water and fresh water? Can a tree yield different kinds of fruit? Who we are on the inside comes out of our mouths who we are on the inside when we are so filled with rage that, that angry irrational speech comes forward that says something about who we are on the inside when all we can do is murmur and complain that says something about who we are on the inside so how is it that we tame the tongue Well, first of all, we get what's on the inside right. We give ourselves fully and completely to Jesus. Because only as Jesus transforms our inner person does that then come out into our outer person. Like I said, I can think of five times in the last 10 years when when I've spoken out out of anger, sheer anger, It's about five times too many. I'll not pretend it's okay. But as I give myself fully and completely to Jesus, it's happened less frequently in the last ten years than in the ten years before that. And hopefully in the next ten years it'll be even less because Jesus, Jesus is making himself known to me. Watch your mouth. Pay attention to your speech. When you are about to let somebody have it, stop. And let what you are about to say give you insight into who you are. Watching your speech shows that you intend to live a godly life, and the Holy Spirit will help you, will help you there. and use your speech to bless and not curse for building up and not stirring up use your speech to bless in the name of Jesus it is important who we become and we pay attention to this to this you you can't untie the two you can't untie who you are on the inside from from how you speak, and Jesus points this out in one of his famous dialogues on on speech, or monologues on speech. You brood of vipers, he says, how can you speak good things when you're evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person brings good things out of a good treasure, and the evil person brings evil things out of an evil treasure, I tell you on the day of judgment, you'll have to give an account for every careless word you utter. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. You see, Jesus speaks of how what it is in our heart makes its way to our mouth, And if we don't get this right, if we don't become men and women who love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and go into the world and bear witness to that, we're going to get it wrong. And one of the barometers of how right or wrong our heart is, is the words that we say. The words that we speak. So, dear Christians... Speak wisely. Speak well. Know that God isn't finished with you. We've all sinned in this area and probably will before the week's end, but what is important is that we remember that the God who forgives us is also the God who wants to give us abundant life, real life, the God who wants to make us holy and make us whole. And as we pay attention to our speech, God will show us where we still need to grow, and God will reveal to us the ways in which we are not yet the men and women Christ intends for us to be. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray. God, I've said things that I shouldn't have said. I've babbled on when it would have been best to keep quiet. And I know I'm not alone. Your word has so much to say about speaking. And today we praise you, we lift up our voices to sing and how natural it would be for some of us to use those same voices this afternoon or tomorrow to be absolutely dismissive and critical of others who like ourselves are made in your image. Remind us that we are no more important Than the driver who cuts us off, the server who is overworked because the restaurant is understaffed. We are no more important, nor are we less important than the person on the street with whom we have a genuine, fruitful conversation. Oh, be careful, little lips, what you speak. For the Father up above, he is looking down in love. Oh, be careful little lips what you speak. In Jesus' name, amen.